I love it when a fandom goes berserk over a different take on their franchise. In this episode of Smart Ass Supernova, I give my thoughts and review Halloween Ends and how I think it might just be a brilliant flick. Warning, there are spoilers ahead. Thanks for joining me. I'm not the biggest Michael Myers fan. Out of all the 80s slashers, I'd be more of an Elm Street Freddy guy. Um, as for the Halloween franchise, I, 78, John Carpenter's absolutely a classic. And, and the second one really, to me, was more of a Jason movie, not nothing fantastic. Um, as for the third one, Season of the Witch, the one that stopped with Michael Myers and, and tried to become an anthology, which I think was a brilliant idea. And uh, it is a cult classic at this this day after being dismissed by most fans for not being a Halloween movie. Um, and, and I said I enjoy it. Uh, and it was a great idea that, you know, fans, you know, rebelled against because it's not what they knew. It wasn't comfortable. And, and to be honest, I like surprises. I like not being comfortable I want to be challenged, and nobody wants to be challenged. Challenge me. Give me something more to, to, to spark my passion and enjoy your film. Uh, then they went back to Michael Myers. Four was okay, and, and, and the rest I could really care less for. H2O was okay, and that you know late 90s scream style. Uh, the Rob Zombie movies, whatever. I'm not a huge fan. I loved his music. Not a huge fan of his movie work. Um, and then I wasn't really a large, a huge fan of the uh, new trilogy or the first two movies of the new trilogy. 2018, I tried to watch. I found it was kind of mad, and I didn't really watch Kills. It had no interest. So after I started seeing the reactions from the fandom in regards to Halloween ends, when the reviews started coming in, and I watched a lot of video reviews on YouTube, and and it really was the fandom reaction was of hate, of almost like a feeling of being betrayed. So that, plus it was free on Paycock, I decided to give it a watch. And I got to say, my streak of being a contrarian lives on, because kind of liked it and i feel it had some really smart ideas and could take the, the franchise in a smart new way um really what the problem was was the marketing and i think that's really what pissed people off uh the studio saw the movie and i don't i think they were really worried about it and they had to market it as the final confrontation between Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode and, and, and the Michael Myers character. So they marketed it as what people were expecting. Because if they marketed it as what this movie really was, nobody would go see it. Um, so, so basically they took the last 10 minutes or so and made that into the trailer. So the little background that I know about this movie was they had the script for three, which was the ending of this trilogy. And I guess during COVID, they had changed the script and really went away from what the original version, the original idea was going to be. And in this final Michael Myers movie, um, the final showdown between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode in this last movie, 
the movie's not even really about Michael Myers, which is just hysterical. And I think it's a backdoor attempt to do another idea of season of the witch to do another anthology. So Halloween ends opens up with the character who will become the main character of the story, which his name is Corey. And Corey is a college age student, uh, appears to be a smart kid uh, with a bright future. And he's acting as a babysitter last minute uh, for what appears to be some family friends. And he's babysitting this young child. And this is three years after the events of Halloween 2018 and kills and all that. So Michael Myers still hangs very high over everybody's mindset in the town. And uh, in babysitting this this kid who's who's a punk and, and locks this character, Corey, into uh, the attic of this three-story house, it, you know, and, and this character, Corey, he's trying to get out. And the kids, you know, won't unlock the door. Uh, the parents come home from their night out. Uh, Corey kicks, finally breaks through, kicks the door in, and the kid takes a tumble <laughs> over the banister and hits down from the three flights. And the, the the way this kid bites it is absolutely hysterical. The, the, like the snap back of the kid's head followed by the Im- huge amount of blood. It, it's it's really funny. Um, and, and then from there, we go into the credits. And the credits go into the font of Season of the Witch. No longer is it the orange Halloween... Um, credit style font it's the seed the blue season of the witch font and with the traditional pumpkin on the side while the while the credits are going on you notice that the pumpkins are 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 kind of growing and bursting and another pumpkin it pops and then there's another pumpkin growing inside and that pops and it goes on and on and it really is going to foreshadow what i think is the smartest idea in this movie that this movie tries to plant is that this evil is always going to be growing and the older evil may may pop and disappear but this new evil grows through it and then continues uh so then it goes, follows then Laurie, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, and, and apparently her daughter had died in the second movie. Now, they tried to put, to, you know, place Laurie as this hardened PTSD survivor uh, after the events of Halloween 1978 in, in this new trilogy. And, and in this movie, she's a lot calmer. She's trying to, to make her life stable again. And and one of the, the small problems with this movie, well, a lot of people think it's a big problem, was, okay, well, you're giving no credence to the daughter dying. It's, well, you know, this guy attacked her, you know, 40 years ago, and she's been, you know, had this PTSD ever since. And, be- and then in this film, murders her daughter, and four years later, she's come to peace with life. It, it's, a, it's a hard leap to take. Um, so the story is then takes place a year after Corey gets arrested and it's an accident, but he goes, you know, away. So he comes back to town and, and the town knows him and, and he's looked at as this, this, you know, baby killer, um, babysitter killer. And 
in this movie, he's followed around by the bullies. And which is, this is what's great about 2022. It's they're not the jocks. The mean kids, the bullies are band kids and they're an all inclusive band. So every, every nationality and gender are in this band. So this mean group of band kids uh, are, are picking on Corey, calling him a murderer and a freak and, and whatever. And then this is when he meets Laurie and Laurie brings him home and introduces him to her granddaughter. And then a relationship uh, grows from the two of them because they're both damaged and both had this horrible thing. And the, the town looks at the two of them as, as outsiders and terrible. And this is how this, this bond and this relationship uh, gross, and this is the bulk of the movie um, in the first hour. Um, so they they get together, and and then you know there's a little rough patch after a party, and and then the Corey character uh, winds up getting attacked by the mean band kids again, and and he's thrown over a bridge and lands, and you know, underneath the bridge, there's this tunnel where the old Michael Myers had escaped to after the end of the last one. And it, it's wonderful because it's about 45 minutes to an hour before you actually see Michael Myers in a Michael Myers movie. And at this point, Michael Myers has been living in this tunnel by himself. And, and there's a homeless person outside to allude that alludes to that, you know, he's taken in people and killed them. And, What's great about this is you take your 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 boogeyman and now it's an old feeble old man, which is going to piss everybody off as well, which is great for me. Um, so Corey winds up getting dragged into this tube and and he wakes up and 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 Michael Myers grabs him by the throat and he stops and he kind of looks at him and he sees in his eyes and it does kind of a a flashback montage to things that have happened in in Corey's life that we've seen and he and he lets him go and I. Th- what this is representing is that Michael Myers sees that potential, that evil inside this Corey character. And, and this, this evil is, about, is growing in him. And these are the little, really smart ideas that this movie is, is starting to grow, to make this a little bit different, to go along the lines of, hey, anybody can then become the Michael Myers. So now we can go with my ideas go within the anthology you don't have to do michael myers going forward now anybody can be that evil and then laurie's starting to see that there's not something right with this Corey character and she's starting to you know there's a scene where he's kind of standing outside her house much like in the 78 halloween uh where the michael myers character is just kind of standing there stalking so laurie's going out she goes out to kind of do her own investigation and, and speak to people and she comes across the father of the kid who had, who was killed and he has this fantastic line that he was talking to him and he's talking about Corey and how he didn't think he was this as he, or he wasn't sure if he was his killer. And then, you know, he, he came across and, and did see it in him, but, and he talked about, you know, he had this pain and everything. And then he, his comment was that the town stole his pain. And this is another really smart idea that they could have run with, which is a very, real thing in the world as I feel is in all these atrocities or 
um, horrible things that happen, whether it be, let's go back 20 years for 9-11 or the school shootings that we see all the time, is you have these people that are going through this tremendously difficult, horrible situation, and then it's on the news, and then everybody makes it about themselves, and how the thoughts and prayers, and then it turns into the gun stuff and all that, and how horrible the world is, and, and it's really, this guy is actually going through a horrible thing, and then the whole everybody else is taking away his pain and using it for themselves, which is then comes into a side story here of the town, you know, taking on the pain and how the town's dealing with all this pain and, and how they are really good seeds of ideas that are in this movie. Um, so over time, you see this Corey character go deeper and deeper into evil. Uh, he, the, the, the ex-boyfriend of the, of the granddaughter who he's seeing is a, jerk and and he winds up killing him with michael and so the kid takes over and the the kid beats up michael myers and steals his mask so now you're gonna piss off or anger the fan base even more the last michael myers movie that you're supposed to make it's the end of michael myers you have now this new character who now is wearing the michael myers mask um so he takes over he's uh, goes and attacks the uh, band kids, and you know the kills aren't great. There is one pretty cool kill that they don't show the whole thing, but there's with a blowtorch to the mouth. It was pretty good. Um, there a small side story. There was this jerk DJ um, that they talked about. Not a great character, but it's the one great kill in this movie. Is Michael goes in and grabs this this DJ and cuts his tongue off. And the tongue falls on the turntable. And as the, the record is playing out on the, you know, on the radio station, it keeps skipping over the tongue. Uh, it, it, it is the best kill in the movie. Um, there, there's issues between Laurie and her granddaughter. Her granddaughter, you know, wants to leave with the boyfriend. That's all part of the relationship stuff, which is, which is okay. But for my point here, we don't need to carry on. So then finally, Laurie, you know, calls the police, reports that there's going to be a suicide. I don't know what really point that made, but whatever. It it set up a cool line versus the kid. And the kid shows up, and as he's opening the door in the mask, the cool line she has is, you really didn't think I'd kill myself, did you? And then she starts shooting him. Really cool. Um, That leads up to... What most people are really finding the problem in this movie is uh, the Corey character says, if I can't have, you know, your granddaughter, nobody can, and then kills himself. And he laughs and kills himself, and everybody's like, oh, up in arms, oh, you know, that statement doesn't make any sense. If I can't have her, nobody can, and kills himself. Well, they're saying, well, if he killed himself, he can't have her either. But what they're not realizing is in that scene, he's killing himself to show it off as if Laurie killed him. And he knows this is going to damage the granddaughter so much, damage her relationship with Laurie, but also damage any future relationship he's ever, she's ever going to have. So this is really smart, in my opinion, because he knows by killing himself, it will destroy her. So everybody that has an issue with that scene, you're wrong. Uh, it's really smart. Um, he dies, and then the granddaughter comes in, freaks out, leaves again. Um, then 
all of a sudden you see Michael Myers pull up and Michael Myers puts the mask back on, grabs the knife. And then in the last 10 minutes or so, you get the brutal, tense battle between Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers. And it is really tense and it does make you think, oh, at one moment, is she not going to make it? Um, So I think it was really cool ending battle and this is really what everybody wanted to see and it was kind of tacked on to another story which once again brings you in for the anthology is this what people finally wanted to see and this is this tense fight and then the cops show up and 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 michael myers is dead slits his throat the he is dead and they're going to go through every you know, way to show that this dude is really dead. So to take the mask off, um, and then, you know, they're saying he's dead, And but Laurie comes up with the idea, no, no, we have to show the town that this evil needs to be removed from the town in this town's mindset. So she takes the body down to, you know, down to the town, and they all kind of pass around, you know, Michael Myers and and dumps him into, like, the, um, you know, the tree grinder or whatever. And you see the body and the head get crushed. And so, you know, listen, he's dead. It's not coming back. But now you can make the point that, yes, this evil died, but then other evils can grow from it. That's where the new anthology could come from. So Michael Myers, the character, Myers, the character is dead, but now the evil of Halloween can continue. But it's not a Michael Myers movie, so everybody got upset. Listen, I love the movie. I think this was an attempt like three to, as I said, create an anthology. And I do believe just like three, in 20 years' time, people are actually going to realize how smart of a movie this was and how wrong they were. But like everything else, it's not comfortable. It's not what you want. There's not a happy little boat always tied around it. So that's my thoughts on the movie. I think it's going to become an underappreciated classic in the future. And, uh, you know, we'll wait around and see if I'm right or wrong. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you joining me on my uh, exploration of this movie and uh, hope you join me again. Oh, all right. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye.